0: This episode will be done in the ASMR format. If you don't know what that is, feel free to go on YouTube and look it up. You'll find much, much content in its form and about it. Of course, if you like what we do here, you can always follow us on social media, on Facebook or Twitter at Podcast. or if you want to talk to me directly Is Ed die Dead on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And if you want to support the channel, you can always find us at patreon.com slash is Ed Dead. Now for this episode, we're going to get right into the nitty gritty of the story. 1974, Bridgeport, Connecticut. A small house on Lindley Street became the center of attention for its paranormal activity. Some say it's the most documented haunting in the history of Connecticut. The house was a small, tiny bungalow with nothing special about it. Nothing made it stick out among the other homes in the area. In fact, it's almost identical to the house next door even to this day. The haunting caught the attention of the famous Warrens. And had plenty of eyewitnesses that included not just priests and paranormal investigators, but actual police and firemen. So, what the hell happened? Well, it seems it wasn't so much the house as perhaps the occupants, specifically the girl, a little girl named Marcia. The Gooden family, Gerald and Laura, adopted four year old Marcia, or Marcia in 1968, about a year after the passing of their only son, who had been living with cerebral palsy. This seems to mark the start of the haunting, and from there it slowly escalated. It wasn't until about 1971 that the house really started boiling. With much of the activity happening when Marcia was around, one can think it to be a poltergeist case. As many seemed to be connected to a young child in the house, but it seems many things started to occur even when she wasn't home. Marcia, who was Iroquois Native American descent, was being bullied at school and would have more than enough reason to be angry and have her psychic energy acting up if it really was her. Or could it have been a spirit following her from her tribe? We still know know to this day exactly what caused it, or if it was even real. So one of the first things to really start was the pounding. The family would hear pounding coming from within the home, but could not find the source. The pounding is described as rhythmic, which makes me wonder if there was any meaning to the rhythm it was doing, maybe even ghost Morse code. The family called the police for help, and even they were not able to find where the pounding was coming from. In fact, sometimes it said that it seemed to move to different spots in the house. The pounding was eventually followed by the classic haunting trope of opening and closing doors. And items also started to go missing and then reappear in odd places. This is the early 70s. So, a TV in this time wasn't the lightest thing to move. So, what is to be said when the TV starts moving? Not much the police can do there, and the family themselves were not believers in the paranormal, but what's one to do? Further activity included furniture actually levitating and knives being thrown. The activity increased and the family eventually brought in priests and paranormal investigators, which did include the American Society for Psychical Research and the Psychical Research Foundation and the Warrens. It was during this time that the activity increased even more. Furniture started to move around. The TV tipped over, and like I said, in the 70s, TVs weren't exactly the lightest thing on the planet. This is a large television, and it would be hard, even for an adult, to just flip a TV over. The window shades also rolled up, and some of the shelves on the wall were pulled off the wall by unseen forces. In one instance, the family came home and found the TV face down on Marsha's bed. Gerard, the father, then went into the kitchen to find the dishes in the sink levitate up and fly across the room. There are accounts that young Marshall was even slammed against the wall a few times, but we'll get to that. When a priest did come to the house in an attempt to bless the house, the house seemed to make it difficult. The priest claimed that he felt the heaviness when he entered. When he was trying to bless the house, the vial of holy water was knocked over repeatedly so that he would not be able to grab it when he would reach for it. According to author William J. Hall, author of the book the world's most haunted house, the Warrens call the haunting, quote, one of the most famous well-documented poltergeist cases in history. The Warrens were witness to a few paranormal occurrences that included the recliner that Marcia was sitting on, lifting up, and then flipping over mid-air and dropping Marcia to the floor. The Warrens even went outside and showed the crowd pieces of a crucifix that had reportedly exploded inside the house. In fact, there's even a video on the Warren's official YouTube channel where they talk about the case. I'll have a link so you can see. Just make sure to go to iseddyedead.com and find the correct episode and click on the YouTube link. And you'll see them talking about this particular case where they go into more detail about what they came across. Word got out to the neighborhood about what was going on, and a crowd seemed to be outside the house almost daily. This caused the police to have to be on watch 24 hours a day. People would wait to see if they could catch a glimpse of what was happening. Some people even threw garlic into the front yard. I guess they thought somehow vampires were involved. With hauntings having an evil stigma, the public became concerned, so much so that one person even attempted to burn the house down, claiming they were trying to rid the neighborhood of the evil. Eventually, the police closed off the entire street. A local lady, Jean Matyoszewski, in her 70s now, was in her 20s when it happened and remembers her father who was a reporter for the Bridgeport Telegram and the first to report the story. This meant that he gained access and was able to enter the house. Gene said, quote, He told us things were moving in the house. He warned us not to go down there because too many things were going on and he didn't want us to get involved, end quote. The haunting activity wasn't done yet. According to someone who claims... They gained access to one of the police reports during the haunting. They found the following. We gained a copy of a written report by an officer who was present when the paranormal shit hit the fan on Lindley Street. The most chilling account was when, in his writing, the cat turned and said to the officer, How's your brother Bill doing? And the officer looked down and replied, My brother's dead. The cat then scowled, I know, swearing repeatedly at the officer, and then ran off. Other visual events in the report include a levitating refrigerator and an armchair that flipped over and could not be lifted back into place by the officers. One officer who witnessed it all took an immediate leave of absence, having been that shaken by the experience. I today firmly believe these events took place in the home. The cat mentioned in the report was also claimed to have said other things like Jingle Bell and bye-bye. There are also some claims that statues that they had in the front yard made sounds too. Some people said that they would hear hissing sounds, some even growling sounds coming from the two swan statues in the front of the house. Some people in the crowds that gathered claimed to have seen the swans even turn to face each other. Aside from the sounds, yes, people did see something, an apparition of sorts. According to the book The World's Most Haunted House, before the apparition appeared, the air in the tiny home became heavy. What appeared was described as a large, cohesive, assemblage of smoky yellowish white gauzy mist the mist then separated becoming four entities one of which grabbed marcia and threw her everyone ran outside and waited for the return of the warrens at this point when they went back inside marcia was again grabbed and taken through the air and slammed against the wall in the kitchen So with all this happening and so many people witnessing the activity, what really happened? It seems it got claimed to be a hoax. They say Marsha confessed to faking all of it. One account says she confessed during the police questioning. Another says that she was caught attempting to flip over the TV with her foot and then confessed. Either way, she says she was causing all of it on her own. But how could a girl of about 10 years old pull off such a hoax? While some believe that the Warrens helped once they became involved. With that in mind, the Goodens turned to the Warrens, believing that they had used the case to further their careers and reputation and exaggerated their findings and told them to leave. The Goodens are said to have gone along with the claim that it was a hoax in order to make the crowds go away and lose some of the attention that they had been getting. The crowds eventually left, but they still were getting some attention from people because the house was egged a couple of times, windows broken, and their car tires even slashed. The paranormal activity is said to have continued for a short while, even after it was admitted to being a hoax. So was it real, or was it a hoax? Eventually, Gerard tried selling the house and had some trouble doing so. He painted it and removed the swans from the front of the yard. They remained there, unable to sell the house, well into the 80s. Gerard died at the age of 78, four years after the death of his wife, Laura, in 1993, at the age of 67. According to one source, neither of the obituaries mentioned Marcia. It said that Marcia herself died in 2015 at the age of 51. The house is still there on Lindley Street, over 40 years after the events, and it still looks roughly the same. Its current owners don't want to discuss the house or the haunting, but if you're interested specifically in buying it, it is for sale. The asking price is One hundred and sixty one thousand. It's got two beds and one bathroom and quite a story behind it. I'll have a link to the listing up so you can get a good look at this house. But you got to ask yourself, was this really haunted or was it a hoax or was it a haunting that became a hoax to hide the fact that it was a haunting? So many questions have still left unanswered on this case. And with all three members of the family having now died, no one can really know for sure what the truth is. The Warrens still claim that it was a haunting. And if you watch the video, you can see they strongly believe in what they witnessed. But what do you think? Do you think a 10-year-old girl really pulled all this off, especially when things were happening when she wasn't home? Can a 10-year-old girl in the 70s really pull all these pranks off especially moving a heavy tv because they said she was caught attempting to flip it now i've had a tv from the 70s and even i couldn't flip it over that easily but i'd like to know what you guys think drop me a line let me know on instagram twitter or facebook remember to stay scared keep it spooky and we'll talk next time you